knows your real history the time has come true history has started unfolding the revelation has began namaste on this episode of the podcast we are talking about the nobel laureate this naipaul assesses gandhi a verbatim portrayal as part of our abhignana bharatam india great and free series renaissance continuity gandhi lived too long says naipaul in 1915 gandhi ji turned to india from south africa at the age of 45 he kept himself aloof from the established politicians of the time he involved himself with communities and groups which were hitherto untouched by politics taking up purely local causes here and there a land tax a mill strike etc he then very quickly from 1919 to 1930 drew all india together in a new kind of politics not everyone approved of gandhi's methods many were dismayed by the apparently arbitrary dictates of his inner voice and in the political stalemate of the 1930s for which some indians still blame him Gandhi's unpredictable politics they say his inability to manage the independence struggle delayed self-government by 25 years and wasted the lives and talents of many good men and in the 1930s the management of indian politics passed into other hands the pietistic gandhian gloom gandhi himself like tolstoy his early inspiration declined into a long and ever more private mahatmahood The obsessions were always made public, but they were personal, like again his almost Tolstoyesque sexual anxieties of old age, after forty years of sexual abstinence. This period of his moral decline was the period of his greatest fame, so that even while he lived, he became a saint of Sabarmati for his admirers. He became this emblem, his holy caricature, the object of competitive piety. knowledge of the man as a man was lost mahatmahood submerged all the ambiguities and the political creativity of his early years the modernity of so much of his thought he was claimed in the end by old india that very india whose political deficiencies he had seen so clearly with his south african eye what was new about him then was not the semi religious nature of his politics that was in the indian tradition what made him new was the nature of his battles he had fought in south africa and what was most revolutionary and unindian about him was what he left unexpressed his racial sense the sense of belonging to a people of india that the 20 years in south africa had taught him the racial sense is alien to indians race is something they detect about others but amongst themselves naipaul says they know about their caste and language group beyond that they cannot go says naipaul he says that indians and hindus do not see themselves as belonging to a hindu race historically this absence of cohesiveness has been the calamity of india in south africa as gandhi soon saw it was the greatest weakness of the small indian community embattled but fragmented the wealthy gujarati muslim merchants calling themselves arabs 
the Indian Christians claiming only their Christianity, both separating themselves from the indentured laborers of Madras and Bihar, all subjected as Indians to the same racial laws. If it was in London as a law student that Gandhi decided that he was a Hindu by conviction, it was in South Africa that he added to this the development of a racial or persecuted community that can be utterly destroyed and with which Gandhi in South Africa was like an extension of his religious sense, teaching responsibility and compassion, teaching that no man was an island and that the dignity of the high was bound up with the dignity of the low. His Hindu nationalism spoils everything, Tolstoy had said of Gandhi in 1910, while Gandhi was still in South Africa. It is obvious in Gandhi's autobiography, this growing un-Indian awareness of an Indian group identity. It is there, in his early dismay at the indifference of the Gujarati merchants to proposed anti-Indian legislation. It is there, in his shock at the appearance in his office of an indentured Tamil labourer who had been beaten up by his employer. And it is there, in his shock and dismay that are related to his own humiliations during his first journey to Pretoria in 1893, when he was just 23 years old. Gandhi never forgot that night journey to Pretoria. More than 30 years later, he spoke of it as the turning point in his life. But the racial theme is never acknowledged as such in the autobiography. It is always blurred over by religious self-searching, experiments with truth, attempts at the universal, though for 20 years until early at battles, and it was as a racial leader that he returned to India. An oddity amongst established politicians to whom Indian was only a word, each man with his own regional or caste power base. Wrong ends and wrong means. Neither means justify ends, nor ends justify means. Indians were not a minority in India. Racial politics of the sort Gandhi knew in South Africa would not have been understood here. And at least some of the ambiguities of his early days in India can be traced back to his wish to repeat his South African racial religious experience to get away from the divisive politics of religion and caste and region, his seemingly perverse insistence that India was not ready for self-government, that India had to purge itself of its own injustices first, his mystical removal of untouchability, his support of Muslim issues in order to draw the intransigent Muslims and the vulnerable Hindus together. He had no means in India of formulating the true racial lessons of South Africa. And perhaps he couldn't have done so, any more than he could have described what he had seen as a young man in London in 1888. The racial message always merged into the religious one, and it involved him in what looked like contradictions, such as him being against untouchability but not against the caste system, him being a passionate Hindu but also preaching unity with the Muslims. Gandhiji's Mahatmahood played havoc and worked against him. The difficult lessons of South Africa were simplified and simplified in India, ending as a holy man's fad for doing cleaning work of the untouchables, seen only as an exercise in humility, ending as a holy man's plea for brotherhood and love, ending as nothing. In the 1930s, the Muslims fell away from Gandhi and turned to their own Muslim leaders, preaching the theory of two nations. In 1947, the country was partitioned and many millions were killed and many more millions expelled from their ancestral land. 
In the 1930s, the Muslims fell away from Gandhi and turned to their own Muslim leaders, preaching the theory of two nations. In 1947, the country was partitioned and many millions were killed and many more millions expelled from their ancestral land, as great as any genocide that had been caused by a Hindu for having undermined and betrayed Hindu India. Irony upon irony, but the South African Indian had long ago been lost in the Hindu Mahatma, and Mahatmahood in the end had worked against his Indian cause. Gandhi swept through India, but he has left it without an ideology. He awakened the Holy Land. His Mahatmahood returned it to archaism. He made his worshippers vain. The many-sided Gandhi permeates modern India. He is hidden and unknown. Some morbid incarnation of him surfaces in the political arena now and then, caricaturing him. But the drama that is being played out in India today. is a drama he set up more than 70 years ago gandhi gave india its politics he called up its religious emotions and brought about a national awakening and turned its spirituality into a form of national assertion thank you for tuning in we'll be back soon with another wonderful work by dr k m rao 